Okay, we are holding um, Perik Lam and Vav, chapter 36. Um, on the bottom of your pages, it's on page 165. You all have the same Tanya, Yeshikach, so it's the same page number for everyone. 165 on the bottom, um, and it's chapter 36, Perik Lam and Vav, where we are holding. Um, every chapter in Tanya is, I would say, very foundational. However, chapter 36 is special. Um, again, I've been accused of saying that many times when we started any chapter. But if you want to know what the foundation, what the reason why Hashem created the world, according from the Hasidic perspective, it's chapter 36 in Tanya. Wow. Um, ask any Chabad kid, any Chabad kid who's uh, six and up, ask him, what's the reason for creation? Two words. What's it for? Um... So I'm, you know I don't you know I don't want to you know cast any doubts on anyone, but if you ask most Chabad kids, should be able to answer two words in Hebrew, and the words are dira bitachtonim. Now try this out on your Chabad friends. What does dira bitachtonim mean? Literally, dira means a dwelling place. Bitachtonim tachton is in the lowest place, in the lowest realm. Hashem wants to dwell, and that Hashem created the world because He wanted to dwell in the lowliest of places. In other words, Hashem is obviously the epitome of all holiness, and He created multitudes of worlds and creations, and many of them are very holy and very spiritual. Kabbalistically, there's myriads of worlds. There's four general worlds known as Atsilos, emanation, and uh, creation, formation, action, and all types of angels, and all types of levels. You read a little bit of Zohar and Kabbalah, and there's levels and levels and angels and, and spheros and so on. And then there is the lowest of all worlds. Guess who lives there? Us. <laughs> That's us. Us, this is a, uh, it's an interesting world. It's not, a, not necessarily a bad place. Um, but it's, as far as godliness is concerned, as holiness is concerned, it's as concealed as it's going to get in this world. God is so concealed in this world that there's plenty of people walking around and saying he doesn't exist. Right. right? So he did a, a tremendous job of concealment. Here he creates a world. Here he's behind everything that goes on. And at the same time, there's people saying, God, who says? Right? So he's in the ultimate form of concealment is this world. So if he created a thousand worlds or a million worlds or whatever number of worlds, this is the bottom of the line as far as revelation is concerned, revelation of himself. And he wanted this world to be his home. He created us and he gave us the Torah so that we should, through Torah and mitzvahs, make him comfortable in this lowliest of worlds. And that for reasons that are perhaps hard for us to fathom, that's what will make him happy. He'll only be happy if he's at home in a world where he is fully concealed. And that's the, that's the story of creation. Um, it's really based on a medrash. It's a quote from the medrash where the medrash says, Nis'ave HaKadosh Baruch Hashem had a taiva. You know what the word taiva is in Hebrew? It's a, a desire. Hashem had a desire, liyos lo, that there should be for him, dira, a dwelling place, betachtonim, in the lowest of worlds. Um, and the place in Tanya where he discusses that matters directly is this chapter that we're at, chapter 36. And that's, that's the answer to why Hashem created this world, or what we're supposed to do to the same Both. Oh. Both. Hashem created this world and gave us a mission. And at the fulfillment of our mission is the fulfillment of his desire for creation. Um, so there's a lot of different things that go on, and this is 
the question of, you know, what's the ultimate purpose for creation is discussed in the different Sforim, and the Zohar talks about it, and Arizal talks about it, and Hasidus talks about it, and many talk about it, but definitely the Hasidic perspective is very much based on that Medrash, Nis'ava HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God had that desire to have a dwelling place in the lowliest of worlds, which, which is comforting in a way, because if we feel that we're in a low place, well, that, that's what it's all about. It's all about that. It's all about a place of lack of revelation and giving us the job and the empowerment to reveal Hashem where He hid Himself. Um, so that's really the focal point of this chapter in Tanya. But as Hasidus, I would say, evolved over the years, and in, in the Rebbe's writings and teachings, that's all over the place. The concept of the, the concealment of this world and the, the lack of divinity that's present and the fact... You know, some people have the feeling that I wish I was in a holier place or I wish I was in a holier world or I wish there was more revelation. And Hashem created us specifically and created the world specifically in such a way where He is very concealed and gave us that mission. That mission that we become really partners to Him in creation by fulfilling His mission. And it's, 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 I mean, I'll start reading in a moment, but it's interesting. Um, Hashem created a world. On the one hand, it's magnificent. <laughs> Like, you know, what Hashem created. The more we think about it, the more we're amazed and awed. On the other hand, He gave us a mission to complete His creation. And we say in Kiddush Friday night from Bereshis, Asher bara Elohim la'asos. Hashem created a world la'asos. What does that word la'asos mean? So Rashi says, litakain. He created a world, but He wants us to perfect it. He wants us to, uh, everything He created is unfinished, right? You want to eat, so he gave us the uh, grains, but you got to crush them and make bread. Whatever he does, he created in a way that we have to then go ahead and do something about it. So in a, in a broader sense, he created a world and gave us the mission of making it perfect as far as godliness is concerned, as far as selflessness is concerned. And in that way, he makes us partners with him in creation, which is an awesome concept. Um, the Gemara says that we can become shutaf la kodesh baruch hu We can become partners with him by fulfilling his mission that he entrusted us with creation. Okay, so that's a general introduction to chapter 36 of Tanya. But to bring that back to where, how does that fall into what we're discussing in general in Tanya? So, very quickly, chapter 35, which we spent the last, I think, three classes on. Chapter 35 said he's going to talk about the importance of the action of mitzvahs. Right? Remember we were talking about why is it that Torah is so action-oriented, to do it physically, you got to physically do the mitzvah. Why is it so much about the physicality of doing a mitzvah? And in short, what he said was, excuse me, that when we are involved in the spiritual angle of the mitzvah, like, um, like saying the words and thinking about it, we're not bringing it down into our body. Mitzvahs are about actually bringing it down into our physical self and into the physical things with which we do the mitzvahs. And that's Nafka through action. Through the actually learning, the doing learning it. Torah part, we could have just done upstairs. Exactly. Learning Torah, which is with the mind, with the heart. Theoretically, we could, and not only we could, we do okay. upstairs. Um, according to Medrash and, and especially mysticism, what does the soul do when it leaves the body and goes to Ganeidah? Primarily, it's studying. Studying, understanding, appreciating, feeling. So the, th the thinking and the feeling, all that a soul can do without a body. So even when we down here learn, it's great and it connects us and there's tremendous things to it, but we're not really affecting the physical, our hands and legs, our body, the, the table, the, the, the room. 
But when we do mitzvahs physically and we get that involved, so we're bringing it down all the way. And that's the importance of La Soso, and that's why Torah is so action-oriented. So why is it so important to bring it down to our bodies? Why is it so important to bring it to the physical? That's where chapter 36 comes in, because that's the point of everything. The point of everything is to bring it all the way down, to bring godliness all the way down. And by making this world, Adira betachtonim, again those two words, a dwelling place for Hashem down here, ultimately that perfects all worlds. Um, there's an interesting metaphor that's brought in Hasidus, not in Tanya, but brought in Hasidus many times. It says, if you want to lift up a building, so where do you have to lift it from? Foundation. From the bottom. If you lift it up from midway, so you don't get the entire building. You got to go to the bottom, and then you pick it all up. So if you look at the entire creation, and all the spiritual worlds, and you think about uplifting everything, is by lifting it from the bottom. And the bottom is this world. Again, the reason the bottom of this world is because as far as revelation of godliness is concerned, this world is the lowliest of places. So having said that, let's, let's uh, start at least some of chapter 36. And then we said tonight, especially in honor of the Alter Rebbe's yard site, um, whose who, passing was yesterday, the 24th of Tevis. Um, and we have the really tremendous zuchus of being his Talmidim, of being his disciples when we study his Torah. And we know that especially when it comes to Sadiqim, that they invested their very selves into the Torah that they study, and there's no connection to any tzaddik as great as the connection of learning his Torah. And it's a special schus that we have to be able to learn his Torah, especially just in proximity to his yard site. So we'll, we'll say a l'chaim soon, we'll say a miser or two. And you were just by the Alter Rebbe's kever, what, a month ago or so? Yep. So, like a fresh regards over here. Ari drank into that last night. Himself, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's why all about is only halfway down. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Um, and I was in yeshiva last night for bringing pretty late, so it's all a one long uh, extension. Yeah, I got home last night some after, your, after one. Some of the bachrim were by. Uh, that was the night before. By uh, The night before. Yeah, two, your, night, your two nights ago. There. I was there too. At some, some point. Okay. Paraklamavav okay. chapter 36. Vihine. Mudas Zos, this should be known, or is known. Maimar Azal, the statement of, of Rabbosenu Zechronum Vivracha, our masters of blessed memory. Shetachlis Brias Olam Hazel, the purpose, the cause, the goal of creation of this physical world. Who Shenis Ave Hakadosh Baruch that God desired. Lihios Lo Dira Betachtonin, God desired to have a dwelling place in this world, in the lowly world's Tachton means the lowest realm. And that's what God's desire was, to have that dira, that dwelling place in the lowest of worlds. Shalom Aleichem. Vihine. Bottom of the page, 165. Three lines into the paper. Right where we left off. Yeah, last week. Vihine. Loi shayich lefonav yisborich bechinas maila umata. For her, when you say Hashem wants a dwelling place in the lowest realm, what does low mean for Hashem? Is it really higher and lower from Hashem's perspective? Hashem is everywhere. Right? Um, Hashem, Yisbarich, blessed be He, fills all worlds equally. So when we say Hashem wants a dwelling place in the lower world, what does low mean? The explanation of this is before the world was created 5,770 years ago, before creation. No, 5,780 years ago. 
before creation. Before creation, Hashem was himself one and only. Before creation, Hashem filled everything. Wherever there was any type of space that could have existed, Hashem was the only entity in existence and he filled everything. From Hashem's perspective, nothing changed. Just like Hashem filled all space and filled all being before creation, from Hashem's perspective, He fills all space and everywhere now as well. We say, There's no place that's void of Hashem. I don't recall, who was it? One of the great tzaddikim, and it's eluding me this moment, when he was a child, and I was you know, a brilliant child, and tzaddik already is a child, and someone walked over to him and says, uh, again, I don't remember his name, he says, I'll give you a gold coin if you tell me where Hashem is. And the boy retorts immediately. He says, and I'll give you two if you tell me where he isn't. Right? I mean, where Hashem is. Where isn't he? So really, Hashem is everywhere. However, what's the difference that creation caused? The difference becomes from the, from the recipients, from the receivers, from us. That we receive Hashem through all different types. Shemekablim alidei levushim rabbi, the recipients of godliness, which is all creation, receive, receives Hashem through various different types of garments. Hamechasim umastirim Various different types of garments that cover over and they they hide Hashem's infinite light. Really, the only way that any creation can exist is if there's some type of contraction, some type of concealment. Because otherwise, if Hashem is fully revealed, everything just, um, everything is nothing. Everything uh, loses its entity. So all recipients, all creations receive through some level of covering, some level of concealment. Kirchsev, as the Pasuk says, Kiloi yirani ha'odam v'choi. That no man can see me and truly live. Who said that? Hashem says that to Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu is the greatest of all men. Greatest tzaddik ever, greatest prophet ever. And you have Moshe Rabbeinu in the Chumash and Shemois. He asks Hashem, Hareini na'as kvodecha. Let me see your glory. Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, simple request. The greatest tzaddik of all time wants to be able to see Hashem's kavod. And Hashem says, no one can real, really see me the way I am. And the, the wording of the Pasuk is, Lo yirani ha'odam No one will ever see me and live. But the Chachamim say, say on this, they say, it, it shouldn't just be read, no one will see me and live, but rather, Lo yirani ha'odam People won't see me, and also chayos ha'kodesh. Even angels. No entity can truly see Hashem and live. Because if Hashem is fully revealed, everything just turns into to nothingness. There's an expression of Him. So therefore, everything needs some level of concealment. Hashem is a little concealed, a little more concealed, a little more concealed. And these are called, Kabbalistically, these are called the concealments of Hashem. Anyone? Well, Klippa is a shell. Good. But I'm referring to a positive word. Simsum. Right? One of the words, excellent. One of the words that really the Arizal coined. And, and used it tremendously is tzimtzum, which is contractions. Hashem conceals and contracts himself time and time again. So he says, 
as our teachers of blessed memory have, have uh, explained, Shafilu Malachim, even the angels, Hanikroim Chayes, that are called Chayes, thank you very much, Einroyin Chulu, are not fully able to see Hashem Himself. Did we originally start with Parakam as well, like a year and a half ago? Or was that Lamed Ches? Lamed Beis. We started in the Lamed, and then we went back. We said that Ikari pieces. Uh, no, at some point we did Chavvav. Chavvav, Chavzayin, Chavches. But then we went all the way back to the beginning, and now we're there second time around. Yeah, okay, now we're there starting from the beginning, right. But we didn't learn Lamed Vav then. I'm, I'm quite sure this is the first time we're doing Lamed Vav now. So he says... This is the concept of the chain of creation, the chain of worlds. The descent from one level to another level. Through the many different types of garments. So you have... All of these different types of levels of garments that black out and conceal the the light, the energy from Hashem. And so really when you talk about that there's different levels of worlds, what constitute, what, what makes a world a different level? It's one question. How many garments? Is Hashem covered with one concealment, with ten? Just like if you use a very physical metaphor, if you have light, uh, sunlight, which, which is shining into the room, and you put a thin sheet over the window, so it will still be pretty light. Put two sheets, there's going to be less light. Put 20 sheets, no light. No light. At some point, there's like no light, right? So how, <coughs> how much light or little light all depends on one thing. How many coverings? How many garments? And that's the difference. And, and again, the more one learns uh, Kabbalah or Hasidus, the more we'll learn about different levels. And the amount of levels just keeps on growing as you learn. But whenever you think about levels, really what you're thinking about is how, how much did Hashem conceal himself in this particular level? In this particular world. So even the highest of all spiritual levels, there's some level of concealment. Because if there's no concealment, then there's no entity. Then it's just Hashem. Hashem Achad. As soon as there's any entity, that's one level of concealment. And that can, that's the, 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 uh, the phrase, Seder Hishtalshalus. The word Hishtalshalus, which is the chain of creation, Hishtalshalus really means a chain. Oh, like a Shalshalus is a chain. So the chain, you have the world of Atzilus, leads into the world of Bria, leads into the world of Yitzir, leads into the Asiyah, Chachma leads into Bina, to Das, to Chesed, to Gvur, to Kveresh, to Nezachod, Yisod, Malchus, Keser, Atik, Arich. I'm just saying names, that these are all the, the names that are talked about in Kabbalah. All of them are steps of divine concealment. Okay, what's the bottom? So if there's so many levels, what's the bottom one? So I said, I already said, right here. And that's what he says. Add. But the Torah or the Altar always speaks about how this world is really just a reverse and how really the lowest world, like in many pieces, you always, it's a, it's a little bit I've learned from Torah, but each piece has that like core thing they said, really it's, this is the highest world. Because the, the ultimate purpose li- lies here. And it's like, if you go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and here's level, then it's 1, 2, 3, 9, 10, so it's... The, the, the yeah, that's Emes, that's Emes, that's Emes. But here, first in the chapter, he's taking us the way down. Then we'll talk about the way up. So the way down is, there was levels by Hashem. So much, so much, so much, so much. This world, what, what makes this world different than any world that precedes it, this is the only level where Hashem is so concealed that one could deny his existence. That's the gift and danger of this world. 
the gift and danger of this world is that Hashem is so concealed that someone can walk around and say, he's not here, doesn't exist. So this person is being created by Hashem. This second he's being created by Hashem. The words that he's saying is with the using his mouth, which is being energized by Hashem. And Hashem is so concealed in all of his creation that the creation can turn around and say he's not there. That's only in this world. In any of the levels of creation, as much concealment as there is, there's some light. But what did you say before? There comes to a point when there seems to be no light. So in this world, Hashem says, where am I? The truth is, the Hebrew word for world is olam. olam, which also means concealment. The actual word olam in Hebrew means helam, which is concealment. Because if it's a world, it's because Hashem is somewhat concealed. And that's so what he the, says. But I mean, uh, different people can be on different worlds within this... Not, not, not people, but angels, creations. Saying, but what, what if someone's on a, a, a high madriga versus someone's on a low madriga? Would they be considered in different... Possibly, possibly. Correct, correct. Sadiqim are called, many of them have a higher level neshama, so they connect in a higher way. For them, the concealment is so much less. But, but can they go up, you know, I don't know what these worlds you're talking about, but can they, or, or is that physically something else that we can't ever attain? So the, Some sadiqim could, I think. Yes, right? yes, 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 yes. All the time is speak about that like, but is that you know they're literally in a different that's correct that's, co- that's correct that's correct I, I believe it, the Baal Shem Tov, it's written about the Baal Shem Tov, that his greatness was that he was able to answer someone a question here and give him advice physically while at the same time he was elsewhere altogether and you know the greater the tzaddikim and again these are things that's somewhat difficult mm-hmm. for um, some of us to under, understand and grasp and I'm not allowed to reveal everything here during the class. I have to excuse myself. <laughs> but uh, the concept, there definitely is the concept of Aliyah Sanashama, Nashama ascending to a higher place and so on and so forth. Um, one of the most famous Hasidic um, uh, stories, which became not just a story, but like almost a mission statement, is that the Baal Shem Tov writes that he, his soul once ascended to a different world and went into the chamber where Mashiach is wherever that is, and I mean, Google Maps doesn't have it. And he asked Mashiach, says, when are you coming? You know, we've been waiting. Like, what's going on? And Mashiach says, when the teachings that you teach will be spread to all, to everywhere, that's when I'm going to come. And that became a, a quote, when the Mayanos, the wellsprings of the secrets of the Torah will be revealed, that's when Mashiach will come. And, and he told us that, and that became a, you know, a clarion call to teach the teachings of, of Kabbalah and Hasidus and the, the, the um, esoteric parts of the Torah. But yeah, there's many stories about that, of Sadiqim who were in different places. In a sense, even every time we go to sleep, our neshama ascends to a different place. And that's why you have different types of dreams, and sometimes there's spiritual dreams, and not spiritual dreams, depending on where the neshama is hanging out. Um, and there's another area in Tanya, quoting from the Zohar, that discusses that as well. But yeah, there's a lot of travel between the worlds. Although, as physical people, we're primarily here. Okay, I think it's also just important to note a, 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 what should be an obvious point. These worlds are spiritual. Therefore, they don't have to be elsewhere. They're right here. Now, it's not a question of somewhere else. They're, they're in this room. It's a question of, am I able to connect to them? Yeah, but when, when you're saying it's a, this is the lowest world, meaning that's the starting point for an average person, is the starting point is the lowest, and then you can ascend up and up and up? Or everybody's on the same low level? All human beings are, we live in this world. On a neshama level, one who's more in con- connected with his neshama and the more the neshama takes over, the neshama has that ability 
to connect and to ascend into spiritual places as well. The physical person stays here. The physical person is on the lowest world no matter what. Yes, that's we're part. The physical body is in this world of physicality. This is the world of physicality. Yeah, but in the Shama is not connected the world of Asiya. In the Nishama, it's in the Nishama. There's all different parts of the Nishama. We say in the morning, and Alokai Nishama Shanasatabi Tahorahi, Ata Barasa, Ata Yatsarta, Ata Nafachta. That's the different levels as the neshama descends and it comes into this physical world. So it makes it all the way down here to our body, but their neshama definitely comes from and is connected to the higher levels as well. And again, the higher neshama one has and the more in touch with the neshama one is, the less one is limited to being only to only experiencing this level. Okay, uh, the line that starts ha'or. says, Ad shenivra olam hazeh hagashmi. Until the point that this physical world, Vachumri, this crass world, Mamish was created. Vuhu hatachton b'madrega. This world is the lowest of all levels. She'en tachton lemata mimenu. There is no world lower than this. Be'inyin. In relation to what? Be'inyin hester oro yisparech. In the concept of the concealment of divine light, this is the bottom floor. A, 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 a darkness that's double and triple to the extent that this world is filled with different types of unholy energies that have the ability to be totally against Hashem to the extent where a person or an entity could say in this world I exist myself and there is no God at all the one who actually coined that phrase, Aniva Afsiod, that there's only me, no God, no creator, was one of the great wicked people, or one of the very wicked people of the Acher. generations, and that is, I'm sorry? Acher. No, not Acher. Acher was very in touch with the spiritual. Acher was a very great person. He became very, became very evil, but he was very spiritually in touch. I used that negatively. Um, the one that we're talking about here is Sancheirif. Sancheirif, the king of Assyria, who is one of the very evil people of the generations. He's the one who exiled the ten tribes of the Jewish people. Um, he fought, uh, waged battle against the king Cheskiyohu. I mean, it's a person in, um, in Tanakh. But he was known to say that. Now, the truth is, in our Parsha, in the Torah portions that we're learning these days, there's also someone who really represents that, and that's Paro. Right? Mo- Moshe comes to Paro and says, let, God tells him to let the people go. What's Paro's response? He says, I don't know who God is. Lo yudaiti es Hashem. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, and I'm not, I'm not doing anything. So really, this world represents the ability to have that level of wickedness that, that totally um, denies God's existence. And that is only a, um, an expression of the level of concealment of this world, that Hashem has totally concealed Himself. Now, of course... You know, this, this is a little bit depressing. We live in the bottom floor. <laughs> but as Ari said correctly, but this is the goal. Hashem gave the Torah in this world. Hashem didn't give Matan Torah and mitzvahs. All that is dafka here. Because, because we need, that's okay. That's one way of looking at it. But also because that this is where it's all about. This is where the mission is. We need it and he needs us. Exactly. And that's, that's the truth. The truth is Hashem created this world, Dafka, he was looking for this place. And he created the Jewish people. And the Jewish people is where he invested his very soul. So, on the one hand, there's all these angels. And we talk about angels and Michal and Gabriel and the myriads of angels. So they're a lot more spiritual than us. 
And yet, we have a part of Hashem invested in ourselves that they don't. And we have the mission of Torah mitzvahs that they don't. And we have Matan Torah that they don't. So it's a very paradox, paradoxical, that said right, type of a situation. Because we're in the lowest place, yet we have the mission, we have the goal, and we have the job. And ultimately, this is the place that Hashem wants to and will call home above and anywhere else. And when Mashiach comes, which is the ultimate game plan of everything, it, this is the place where Hashem says, this is where I live. And this is where the Beis HaMikdash is. There's no Beis HaMikdash in the world of Atzilus. There's no Torah there. There's no mitzvahs there. One thing interesting that you it sounded like you kind of said is like, when you think of Olam Haba or the more spiritual levels, we kind of think like up. But really they could be... They're right here. I mean, it could be like <laughs> Olam Haba could be theoretically like right here. It doesn't exactly. have to go to... You're not going to different dimension because like you said at first it was just all one thing and this was part of it like this was part of heaven because that's all that there was that's correct we're, we're talking you know whenever you talk about things that are metaphysical they don't take up space in the way that we sort of imagine things but even in our world we have thinking like where is thinking where are our thoughts they're not somewhere else they're right here but we can't see them but they're everywhere you know and the more the more spiritual you get the less you know, uh, place defines it. And it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's a question of being able to connect to it, be able to see it, be able to feel it. And that's what it's about. Simon Jacobson always says, it's deeper and it's more inward. Deeper and inward, right? That's correct. Older brother here. Yeah. Okay. Vihine, four lines from the bottom. What time is it? 40. 40. 40. Okay, let, let's hop around a little more reading. It says, The goal, the purpose of the entire chain of creation. The reason for the descent from one level to the next. What's the ultimate goal? And I, I want to I, I discuss something for a moment because I think it's a very powerful Hasidus idea. Hashem created 10 steps. Let's, let's, let's make it simple. Let's say there's 10 steps, and there's a place of greatest holiness, last, 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 last. And we're on, we're on the bottom floor. There's two approaches to understand what we're doing here. One approach is, and this is actually a very commonly understood approach. You know why he made all these steps? So we should move away from the bottom ones and work our way up to the top one. So that the ultimate goal is he created a bunch <coughs> of negative stuff so that we should sort of distance ourselves, raise ourselves up, and go to the top step and leave the bottom steps behind. Or for example, a person who lives in this world and has the hashkasha that what's the ultimate I could be in this world? How could, I be, how could I be the best person ever? How could I fulfill my mission best? Let me remove myself as much as possible from anything worldly in this world and become so super spiritual that I don't eat anymore is more than what I need to subsist, and I don't involve myself in anything, I will closet myself and I will learn Torah and Daven all day. Is that the ultimate for a Yid? To be the least physical and the most spiritual and leave everything and subsist, mamash like a malach. I think it depends who you ask. So it depends who you ask, and for sure, there are those, it's not, that's not the Hasidic Hashkafa, obviously, but there is such a Hashkafa. There are people who will say, yes, that's the ultimate I can do as a Jew. 
become so spiritual that me and a malach look almost the same. Because I'm human, I have to eat a little bread and water every day. That's it. And we do that, and there are times when we do do that. So That's Yom Kippur. And perhaps, the, I don't know how the Vilna Gaon lived. Maybe he did. I don't know. And there people, are... People still do. There were always select Sadiqim, perhaps, who did. And maybe that's important, like a select few. Exactly. Perhaps. Well said. Well said. But the question is, what's the grand pit? What's the goal? Did Hashem create people so that all of us should try to be not people and be as little people as possible? So he created all of us that we should all sort of leave who we are and be angels. So Tanya says, and the Hasidic perspective is, no, that, that's not the point. Hashem didn't create the lower world so that we should run away from them into the higher worlds. Then why did he create the lower worlds? Hashem created the lower worlds because he wanted people. And he wanted a physical world and there to bring in godliness. It's not a mistake that the vast, vast majority of people have to work and have to be involved in Olam Hazeh, and involved, and eat, and drink, and have families, and so on. It's not like that was like a glitch, right? Hashem created a physical world, and physical people, and made us all quite involved in the physical, with an intention. And the intention is that being physical people, and being involved in the physical, we bring spirituality, and holiness, and meaning, into the physical world that Hashem created. And that is a very foundational Hasidic Hashkafa. So, I already said a good point. It could be it could be that you need to have a few tzaddikim that are so spiritually in touch that they're not involved with anything and they inspire everyone else. That's possible. But still, the vast majority aren't going to be that way. Right. So Hashem didn't create everyone so that you come out with 10 good tzaddikim in a generation. There's 10 tzaddikim in a generation, or 10, or 20, or 30, or 5, I don't know. But whatever it is, in order to inspire the vast majority who go to work every day, and who don't live like malachim, to be spiritual people, and learn Torah, and do mitzvahs, and make the world a holy place for Hashem. The physical world, the material, the eating, and the working, and the sleeping, and the tzedakah, and all the things that we do, very physical, to make them spiritual and holy. You mentioned, we have a day of the year called Yom Kippur, when we all act like malachim, but it's one day a year. And we're not supposed to have Yom Kippur every day of the year. So there's one day a year when we sort of pick ourselves up, remember what we're all, we have in the Shema, and that's what it's about, in order to bring that into the rest of the year, and live healthy, happy, Physical life's spiritually guided and motivated. It's twice a year when you get married. Okay, but you don't get married every year, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but even but even though they can react like that, 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 that is what they're doing. They're just on a higher level, meaning that they're still they're still physical people. For sure. For sure. So, so they're not really enjoying the physical world. Right, but another. I understand they got to the point where they they don't need to enjoy it anymore, but. Right, but but the shouldn't be. I'm just saying it's not a contradiction. There's ten good, there's ten people like that. It doesn't mean I'm doing the wrong thing. By no, no. But I'm saying, but it seems to me that Ashkafa, the other Ashkafa is to try to work towards that. Meaning, you may not get there. Right. Yes, it really doesn't right. never work because eventually you're not going to get there anyway. You won't get there anyway. Well, some, yeah, some people have to. What are you going to end up doing? Right. Like being yeah. yourself. Like, no, it doesn't mean you have to. You have to. There's tons of Lubbish people who don't. I think that look. Hasha, there is. That's what I mean. It's like you failed if you end up going to work, but. He's saying it's not like, really. Hashem, Hashem created 12 tribes. One of them is tribe of Levi. There, there's 12 tribes. One of them is Levi. Levi was not supposed to work. Why not? Work in the base of Mikdash, teachers, and so on and so forth. They were not supposed to have a part of the land of Eretz They were supposed to be more spiritual, less involved in the physical world. 
like Yisachar, right? But Levi was official. Yisachar at least had a part of Eretz Yisrael. But Levi wasn't allowed to really be involved in the regular workings of society because they had a job. Their job was to serve Klal Yisrael as the spiritual leaders, to work in the base of Mikdash. That was what they were. But that's one tribe. The other 12 were supposed to do agriculture. That was the, So it's 12 versus 1. And, 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 and I'm not making a mistake. It's not 11 versus 1 because it's 12 versus 1 because of Ephraim and Manasseh. So there was, Israel was divided into 12 tribes. Twelve sections, and that's and people were supposed to go out and work in Maestris and Shemitah and Yovel and not l- learn a whole day. You know what? You take one year Shemitah and learn to remain to remain spiritually connected, but it's to bring it into the next six years where I'm working. And Levi is that one tribe that that they, for them is Shemitah all year, you know, their whole lifetime. So we see the concept that there's going to be that's the, the few that their job is to remain spiritually whatever, but the majority. Is always going to be involved in the world, but spirit, but spiritually. But how do you know? Because, for example, the the Hasidim, the Hasidic masters who taught that, they obviously were not out there working. Most of them, they were those ones who were just sitting and nonstop connected. So, as I'm saying, there is, there were always there was the Shevet Levi versus the rest of Klal Yisrael. There's the Tzaddik versus the people. There, there that exists. Oh, but, how, but how does the Tzaddik how does one know make, that he's supposed to be that? And his Talmidim, his Talmidim know they're supposed to work. I guess when you get to that level, you, you that's why that's why he gets the big right. bucks, right? Well, that's like our others work. Rashi work. The Rambam work. They all work. And the greater the people, they work. Why did it all go off the rails? It didn't all go off the rails. That's, <laughs> that's pretty. Uh, not off the rails, but like that was not the concept. rabbi speaking. <laughs> <laughs> like where all of a sudden it became that like everyone's do kolo for ten years and all those things. Like, was it in the seventeen hundreds? I I I don't know the history. That's a good. It's an interesting question. It's a good question, and it's beyond my. I don't know. So I don't know the answer to that question. It wasn't only in America. I don't think it's about learning versus work. I think it's like the greatest chiddush like for God isn't that. To find God when He's more revealed, the greatest creation you can find it when He's the most concealed. So this world is the greatest creation, the greatest gilulakus. If we're able to bring on Him in this world, world. therefore it's not if, it's not about working or learning. It's about living in this world and connecting to as much godliness while still being in this world. So if, if I mean if you learn to call, that's your job. If you work, that's your job. But if you still have to be a normal, you're living in this lowly. You're, living with this world. Even the people who are great that even learn all day, at the end of the day, they're still living with that. That's what I'm trying to say. They're still, yeah. they're still in the but world. They're not they're enjoying still... it. They're not they're eating, you know. I mean, they're, 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 they're still they're sleeping and eating. And yeah, they're very, very little. Very little, very limited. They're really still in the world. Right. They still have a flip phone and they have their certain things. They're really barely in this world. They don't want to play sleep. They talk about sports. They play basketball. They just don't talk about it. The, the question here, what you're saying is correct. I think the issue here is just a question of okay. hashkaf, of how we look at it. But logically, how we look I think there's it. too many riots. There's so many riots to what you're saying is the truth. I mean, with the shvat and with this, with this, there's no way that it was meant that everyone saying, should separate themselves. Both. No, not, you need only a tenth. Are you saying like on my, on my, on my minute amount? It can't be everyone's the, goal is to get, get away from God. The, the point is just, what, what's the point? That's, that's the question. Is the point to leave, to run away from this world and become 
spiritual something different, or the point is to find the spirituality and Hashem in the world that He created, oh. and that's and that a person a handful of billionaires, everyone else is trying to become them. Okay, and and a person. The truth is, even if you think about it, in our day, every day we do a little bit of both, also. No, no, no. There is time in our every day where we divorce ourselves from the world, like when we daven, right? We take time in the morning and we daven and we learn Torah and we don't get involved in the world because we take those few moments and those few moments is like the shaved levy of our day, if you will, if you're following my thinking. There's times in every day that a Jew puts himself out of, doesn't, tries not to think about work and tries not to think about the bank account, not to think about what's going on and to disconnect to Hashem. And then I turn around and I'm, and I do what a, what a human being does the rest of the day, and that's fine. So I inspire myself, I pick myself up in the morning, and then I bring it back down into the rest of my day. And of course, what I'm saying definitely is not that a person is supposed to try to be an ultra-materialistic uh, and so on. Of course, to be a spiritual person, but to recognize that eating and sleeping and working and everything else in between is not a contradiction to being a spiritual person. It's how Hashem created us and gave us the ability to bring spirituality into that. And that's really where he's going in this chapter and talking about the that Hashem created to have a dira betachton, a dwelling place in this lowest of realms. So you know what? Let's let's leave that here for now. So we're two lines from the bottom of the page and we'll continue next week in Mitzvah Hashem. And now let's... Uh, <laughs>